Hey folks, you're listening to an episode of Cultural Lenses, a show about life from the perspective of an Indian man who grew up in the Middle East and is now living in Canada. Cultural Lenses is hosted by Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply, as LR. The theme song of Cultural Lenses was made by good friends of LR, Revelries. You can find them on Spotify and also on Twitter at Revelries Music. And finally, to keep up with LR and all of what he does, make sure you follow him on Twitter at LRThe11, on Instagram at LR11, and on Twitch, where he occasionally streams at twitch.tv LR11. Enjoy the show. of Cultural Lenses. I'm your host, Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply known as LR, as my good friend Glenn would have told you in the intro, but I'm going to tell you every time anyways. Welcome back to the part two of my conversation with my good friend Snaps, where when we last left, uh, we were talking about how important it is to have a support system around you and how raising a child essentially does take a village. Um, The overall conversation was about how to, is not how to be a parent, but parenting and mindfulness and her journey with being a new parent. So this episode is just a continuation of that. I just wanted to break it up into like easier chunks, which is why there are two parts. Um, So thank you very much for coming back and giving this a listen. Um, I'm gonna put more admin stuff at the end. For now, we're just gonna we're just gonna jump right into it. Enjoy. So we were talking about. Um, it was understanding that you know, or letting go of you know, uh, being grateful for having people around you mm. uh, to be and like having the support systems. Yeah. Um, what. Do you have any, you know, your, I, I feel like there'd be parent, other parents, um, much more experienced parents would scoff at you or scoff at the question if I were to ask you, do you have any advice for mm. newer parents starting out um, not prioritizing themselves or like feeling bad that they can't allow mm. themselves to be human wow. um, while they're taking care of a child? You, you have to do it just like straight up. If you want to feel like you have any semblance of control over your parenting ability you just have to prioritize yourself because you are operating in a human body yours is no different from anyone else's 
Yours has some basic needs, and that includes the needs of your mind. If you don't address those needs, you are not showing up appropriately for the people around you that you love. Just straight up, you're not, if you're not giving yourself 100%, you are not at 100% output for anyone else. And you don't need to do it for them, like do it for yourself because whatever you're experiencing, whether it's the first days of parenthood or anything, you deserve to feel good while you're doing it. You deserve to feel, you know, pretty grounded in yourself while you experience it present, all of that. So ask, ask for the help, even if there is a chance that whoever it is, is going to be petty and like, you know, be kind of a dick about it. Let them be a dick about it. At least you've got childcare for a few hours. You know, you don't have to take any of their shit personal, take the support, do what you got to do to exist and breathe and let it go. And then go hang out with your kids feeling renewed. They will understand over time as they have their own relationships that people just need alone time. Sometimes you just need to breathe and exist and, you know, dance around the house or eat some crap without someone like tugging at your leg. It's very human and we are humans raising humans. So be human. Absolutely. Um, I, there's, there's also been this, I, I mentioned this earlier where people who understand the kind of emotional baggage, the trauma that they carry or concerned about being good parents. I find that they often tend to be better parents. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because they're already asking themselves those questions, meaning they're already moving the direction of, um, working on themselves and doing some, you know, inner healing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know I mean, if better is the word that I would like co-sign on, but like more conscious maybe is sure. like, uh, who knows, maybe uh, you have no concept of, yeah. of the generational trauma you're working with and you are just present. I you're in that. it. You're yeah. an awesome parent. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, if you're, it's, if you're asking yourself if you're a good parent or not, you're probably trying, you're probably doing your best and looking for ways to improve. So it's like people, when they jokingly ask, like, am I a psychopath? Like if you were, you wouldn't be asking, dude, you'd be just doing your own thing completely, you know, unshamed, just living. Uh, Some of my favorite um, Reddit threads are whenever it comes across like um, our relationships or like parenting advice or whatever is, um, specifically like parents of queer children but like Mm -hmm. heteronormative parents of queer children and it's always really heartwarming to see when like listen I think you know my son is gay what do I do like am I am I doing the right thing Mm -hmm. like what do I talk about like do I just treat it normally do I and it's yeah I I don't know it's heartwarming uh, because Mm -hmm. there's somebody putting their you know, at this point, probably in like their late, close approaching um, 40s, maybe mid 40s, and they're coming from an older generation who typically have proven to be stubborn and don't want to change and don't want to learn. But there's obviously people in those generations who do. And they're like, this is new to me. I don't understand it. I don't. And the other thing is they're not necessarily trying to understand it. Mm -hmm. They're asking specifically about like, I don't care about this, but this is important to me to know how to give advice to my child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's those parents that I like, that, yeah. that are like, like, I don't understand everything that my child is doing. I like but those I want to be able to connect with them and support them regardless, as mm-hmm. long as it's obvious that they're not hurting themselves or anybody else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love um, those. I like the examples of like parents approaching like people in stores and being like, excuse me, <laughs> I feel like you might be able to help me find something. You have nail polish on and you're a man. My son was yeah. just talking about nail polish. What can I do for him? Um, well, so, okay, that reminds my mother. Um, she visited recently. She was telling me about her coworker, a new coworker or somebody she met recently. Um, he's a single father in his like late 30s. And, but his daughter is, you know, I think she's 13 or 15 now. Mm-hmm. And he goes to my mom's like, how do bras work? Oh. <laughs> and my mom said, go into Victoria's Secret and ask them. And they'll take you in and they'll give you like an hour and a half course on how it all works so oh, that you can, so you know sweet. what to buy for her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, because he's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, and she's, she's not eating the food that I put out for her, but she still wants to hang out. Someday she doesn't want to hang out. I don't oh, understand what's going on. That's very um, sweet. <laughs> Teenage minds. What creatures yeah. we all were. <laughs> um, so for those who might not know of you who, who do listen to me, because this will be relevant to the question I'm about to ask, could you just give a quick TLDR on your parental, your own parental situation? Mm. Um, I was adopted by my grandparents because I was abandoned by my birth mother when I was a little baby with my brother and sister. Uh, she was struggling a lot with drugs at the time and couldn't couldn't hang like she she was not in the right place to take care of us and she left us with our grandparents and never came back they well long story she did long that we can get to but um my grandparents at the time which was her mother and her stepfather took us in because they were babysitting us so they kind of naturally moved into adoption um my sister was born with a liver disease and needed regular care and treatment and they couldn't do that without being our parents or legal guardians so they had to make a choice pretty quickly of whether to Mm -hmm. surrender us to the state or adopt us and you know they chose to adopt us um so from this point on i'll just refer to them as my parents because that's they were mom and dad i found out i was adopted as a kid and then many years later i was like 15 or 16 and jill my birth mom came back into the picture it was, there's a lot of tumultuous story mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. between, but now Jill is, you know, one of the people in our close circle. She is my daughter's grandmother. She is a very dear and special person to me, even though I don't see her as like a mother, like mother figure, very close family member, very good friend, which I'm grateful for. But like when I hear the word mom, obviously the one that raised me comes up. But uh, yeah, that's that's the main gist of it. Is <laughs> so, I was adopted. Uh, uh, my question was then, how has Alina or has Alina affected your relationship with Jill? Hmm. Yeah, because you know Jill and I were already getting closer. We we started a nonprofit together years ago, and we still technically have it. It's just on a leave of absence, but we were both very different people then. And we got into some pettiness at one point and we stopped, like we had like a, God, I don't even remember exactly what it was about. And I think some of it was kind of pushed by my ex at the time, but Mm -hmm. regardless, um, we had like a little falling out at one point, but our relationship since then, I think 
has become a lot more open and honest. Like we both had some good conversations about everything that happened way back when, and we talk pretty often. Um, so her now as like Alina's grandma, I see her a lot more. I'm getting to understand who she is as a person a lot more than I ever have. Cause we've only had bits, you know, like right. I would take what we, we used to call them the kids. Now they are fucking adults and my best friends, but my younger siblings, I would go and take them from her for the weekend. And I would hang out with her for a little bit, or I'd go to their parties or go spend time with my siblings and hang out with her a little bit. Right. But I didn't know her in the way that I feel I'm getting to know her now because she'll come and like hang out with Alina and then stay and we'll talk and hang out before mm -hmm. she heads home. So it's been really cool to have that relationship with her and also know that she is the reason I exist in the world, you know? And she's also got me in touch with my biological dad now. And he's coming out to visit uh, That's awesome. at the end of the month for Alina's birthday. So I've only met him once. He was chill. He's nice. He wants to be a part of our lives. And I don't really see any reason for him not to be. So I'm like, all right, sure. What's one more? Come hang. Yeah, I was just curious because, you know, I know that when somebody asks you about your mother, you think of your grandmother, mm -hmm. um, as you just yeah. explained. But that's still three generations of your family mm -hmm. existing and helping and mm -hmm. working together. Right. So yeah. I, I was, just, it was just interesting. It's a, it's a very, it's complex on it's unnecessarily complex. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> like this is just, it's just complex for the reason of being complex. Like it's like a telenovela. Oh man, for real, dude, we, there was one time, um, like a, a while back when, when Joe was still out here, my younger brother, cause he's living in Texas right now, but like all my younger siblings were out here and Jill and my friend Marky was visiting from out of town. And we all went to Jill's house, Alex and I and Alina and well, I was pregnant. Wow. At the time. So technically, yeah, she was there, but um, we were all hanging out and it was just a nice night. She made a bunch of food. We were all just chilling. And then on the car ride home, it kind of like hit me. And I was like, we were just at my mom's house. Like that would have been a very normal thing for us if she hadn't left, like that would have been my life is just like, oh, you're coming over to hang out at my mom's like, okay, cool. We're going to hang out with my family. But instead it's like, I don't know how to put it without it sounding like there's almost like a scarcity mindset because it's not like there's a loss felt in the present, but like there is the notable absence of my own parents, you know, when we're all right. hanging out, it's like, oh, this is cool. But also like, you guys are talking to your mom, you know, my siblings are talking to like Jill and calling her mom, obviously. And she's Jill to me. So there's still that little right. disconnect there. And it's, it's a little trippy, but it's also kind of fun to play around with. It's like, it doesn't matter. Right. It's just, it's some extra flavor and it does make it feel very telenovela. -y. Did you ever imagine you'd be reconnecting with all of your family because no. it started pretty early on that you reconnected with uh, with Jill right yeah. you know you were still a teenager and uh, so that that side of the family happened pretty early on and then Jasmine and everybody else mm -hmm. but now also your biological father is coming into the picture yeah he came into the picture when I was in my 20s actually it was around the time that Jill and I were starting to become like more buds Okay. Um, because I expressed to her about like, you know, I would have liked to ask him some questions because his actions post Jill leaving 
have always been confusing to me. My understanding of it from my lovely German Nana, who was always fine with telling me the truth, like always, was that my parents basically scared him off. That when Jill left, they were like, listen, you don't stand a chance, just go. And that he kind of was like, okay, I guess, you know, that's so I had some confusion over whether he really ever loved me in the first place, if he was able to walk away sure, that quick. Sure. Um, but I, I wasn't aware that he also struggled with alcoholism for a long time. So he came back into the picture by like hilarious luck. Jill was searching online, like doing everything she could, paying for every website she could find, searching all of his names, everything, mm-hmm. could not find him. And then she found an old receipt for a fucking oil change. And it had his phone number on it, his old phone number back in Chicago. And this was like, you know, 15 years later. And she looked at it and she's like, there's no fucking way he's got the same number, but, and she called it up and it was him. The same number. (laughs) Same number. And like, they always got along well. So they're buds now, but yeah, like the, him kind of wanting to hang out, I guess that's more recent. We met once. It was pretty chill. He's nice. It's weird seeing like my features, some of the ones that came sure. from him. That's yeah. trippy. Cause like my dad was a little Swedish man. Like I don't look right. like a tiny, sweet little Swedish man. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. And I have a new one now too, because he recently reconnected with his son, my half brother. So now I have a brother who wants to meet at some point who's got a son of his own and a very kind, like they seem like a very kind family. His wife seems very kind. So they're going to come out and visit at some point. So we're just like, okay, yeah, one more, one more. Cool. You want to be our family too? Cool. All right. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I think there's, there's so much happening both good and bad for you <laughs> with your family. It's, 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 it's just a, it's not even perfectly bad. It's just constantly going up and down. Yeah. That's um, life, right? That's for all of us. Yeah. Um, so to wrap up this portion of the thing, I had one kind of last two part question. I think what, while you were pregnant, mm-hmm. what were some of the things about being a parent or being like a, a family with you and Alex that you're kind of looking forward to? Mm. And then how did that change after pregnancy? Mm. We were looking forward to little moments of just like having her there, of like snuggling with her and holding her. We used to do this thing when we were still trying, because like we tried to have a baby for like two years where we were a little more conscious about our bang and and then we gave up because it was like, why, why am I trying so hard at something like this? Like, let's just let it go and see where life takes us. Um, But we used to go and like stand in each other's doorways to, to each other's offices and just like randomly be like, you know, hold our hands. Like we have a little baby in our arms and we'd we'd look at each other and then both of us would do it. And we'd be like, it's going to be so cool. And sometimes I would like point at my stomach and be like, there's gonna be a baby there. We're gonna, it's gonna happen. There's gonna be a baby there and it's gonna be so cool. And then uh, we would talk about like going, going out in the world together as like a little family unit and how cool it was gonna be to go hiking and go like walking around and stuff. So it was, it was fun just imagining a companion for like everything we did. 
And that really, that is the reality of it. It's so fun. It's so fun having this little companion. We haven't hiked as much as we want to, but we do get a lot of really nice cuddles. And uh, Lena started doing this very sweet thing. Alex, whenever he's like leaving, if we're just hanging out in the kitchen and he's leaving to go back to his office, he always gives me a kiss and then usually gives Alina a kiss and then like waves and goes back. And <laughs> this time, like for maybe a week now, every time he gives me a kiss, she just stares up at him and then leans in right away. <laughs> like, give me, give me my kiss now. And it's so mm. fucking sweet. So sweet. It's, um, I think, yeah, I mean, uh, to kind of wrap up everything we've, we've discussed, it's, I, I, I don't know, it's, uh, being a parent is not something everybody wants or expects to happen, um, so for anybody who is listening, and, you know, this is not to say that you can't have these moments, or feel the same things if you don't end up being a parent, or if you don't want children, no, this is a very specific kind of um, questions or group of people that I'm kind mm -hmm. of like doing this for. Um, but for those who are parents who are thinking of being a parent, it's it's a balancing act the whole time. Yeah. Um, and you, the 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 cliched saying, if you, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of somebody else, applies more so even to like a literal toddler whose bone bones aren't even like fused together yet when they <laughs> pop out you know um so do you have any like new parent parting advice yeah I mean what you said about like if you can't take care of yourself I think there are some people who feel that they can't but they just haven't found the right tools yet absolutely I think we all have the ability to do a great deal for ourselves, whether we need some form of like additional support or supplementation or medication or whatever. So if right now you're listening and you're thinking about your future and you want to be a parent very badly, but you're feeling like I can barely take care of myself, how the fuck would I do that? There is so much strength and power within each of us that if something were to happen and you were to suddenly realize like you're about to be a parent soon, I promise you, you would figure it out very quickly you, there is no motivation, like the motivation of a child coming into the world that is yours, one that you want to care for, that you want to be good to. But before that potentially happens or doesn't happen, just do what you can show up for yourself in the small ways, be compassionate to yourself, because you don't have to be the perfect person to be a great parent. There are a lot of people in varying degrees of consciousness that are doing just great because like we were talking about earlier, they are making it evident that they are trying to grow and heal as people. And if you can model one fucking thing for your kid, let them see that, let them see you trying because that we all need it. We all need it. We will all need it forever. There is no, I'm healed. I'm fixed. I don't need any more work. So just do the work in whatever state you can now trust yourself. If you decide that you want to be a parent one day and that becomes your reality, you are going to be able to figure it out. You will do great. Trust yourself. Trust your intuition. And the second part is for all current parents too, or if you're about to be a parent. I overthought a lot of things initially because like everything has information now. And the more I just 
notice the more I just pay attention to Alina and ask myself what I think she needs, the more apparent everything becomes, the easier things start to feel. So try not to get too caught up in like what sleep training you're supposed to do or what parenting style you're supposed to pick or if you're going to wean with baby led weaning, or if you're going to do purees, like the, the information out there will make you think that every fucking decision is the decision that like this, this decision, you give it a puree instead of a fucking apple is going to mean your kid goes to Yale. This one is going to mean <laughs> that they end up, you know, just leaving and backpacking around Europe. Right. Like it's not, I, I laugh, but that's that the reality of it because there'll be people, even if, a scientist or a doctor be like, yeah, either is honestly fine. Somebody mm -hmm. will hold on to it and be like, if you don't do this, you're yeah. you're a, a god awful parent. You should yep. be raising children. Yep, they make everything into a big thing. So don't let everything be a big thing. Trust your intuition. Like, it really is like people say it all the time, but they people have been doing this for fucking ever. People have been raising babies and figuring it out and dealing without the internet, without the weight of the commentary of ten thousand fucking people trust your intuition, ask for help when you need it, you will figure it out. Oh, and one of the best resources that I found, two of them, um, Tinyhood for classes, online classes related to feeding, to fucking labor and delivery, to oh, awesome. breastfeeding. I went through all of their courses I could find and it helped me to feel more confident and prepared when I went into labor. And then the second one is solid starts. I'm not affiliated with either solid starts is for when your kid is like six months and older and you're ready to start giving them food. They have a free food database where you can go type in any food and they will tell you the nutrition facts about that food, why it's good or not good for babies. If it's a known allergen, and then they will give you examples of ways that you can prepare that food based on how old your kid is. So it's the coolest shit free resource. I wound up buying the, like one of the paid versions of like a bunch of cookbook mm -hmm. kind of shit, but totally, totally awesome information in there. Yeah. Cause I'm excited from all the, all, all of that you've shared with us. Um, what I'm really excited is for when, um, Alina is older. I, she, she, you, you're, you create an environment where she can try, she'd want to be able to try anything. She, I she, hope. Oh, goodness. Um, because I, I, I think that food is very much a expression of culture, society, and transmission of love and care and um, dealing with, you know, not dietary restrictions. That's mm -hmm. different from picky ears. People yeah. who just say no is very difficult in no matter the age, no matter the setting. Yeah. So, but then if she's the way you've been just giving her things and experimenting, um, and I'm assuming because of this resource, solid yeah. starts. Yeah. That's been one of the ones that has helped the most because, and that's one of the funny things is I found solid starts because of my intuition, because one day when I was getting ready to feed her some of this, like cereal stuff that the, the pediatrician has, had actually said at like four months, they were like, Hey, if you want to, you can start feeding her some like oatmeal, like baby cereal stuff. And we did, and Alina liked it. And then she was just over it. And I was freaked out by the idea of giving her anything else. I didn't really know what to do, but I was also like, this is bullshit, man. I should be able to give her food. Like other cultures do this. I know they do this. I've known of other cultures where they, whatever the family's eating, that's what that baby is eating. 
So I was thinking about that and I was like, there has to be another way. I do not think that this little home girl has to eat this boring ass food. Like at what point can I start giving her our food? Cause we eat pretty well. Like we eat pretty clean. Right. So I looked it up and I found solid starts and I was like, yes, they really can. She has not full on rejected any food, not a single food. She That's has awesome. tried everything. Some days she likes it. Some days she doesn't like she'll reject food the second time and just be like, nah, she'll like toss it. But every time she usually takes at least like two bites, two exploratory bites. And then if she's done, she tosses it. But it's so cool. It's really cool seeing her eat like everything. She had some bomb ass chicken tendies I made last night. Actually, Oh, yeah. I was really proud. Um, I've never made her chicken tendies. Yeah, because I remember there was a lot of grief a lot of issues a lot of frustration anger with me not so much I just about anything but my sister growing up mm. she, you know she's five years younger to me and um you know uh, very much so with Indians typically it's a, it's a glass of milk and something else in the morning and my sister refused to drink the milk um turns out she's lactose intolerant <laughs> but they but then you know they like no you have to drink it otherwise this is why you're not um you're not doing good in school this is why you're you know whatever it's like no it makes my tummy hurt and like you're just making it up and i'm like well oh, turns out she's bad. just lactose intolerant oh poor baby uh, um but yes thank you very much for sharing all your wonderful insights and your Thanks. journey so far Oh, um, I did think of one more thing that I wanted to offer absolutely. for yeah. um, people who are potentially going to become parents soon. If you are going to be the person giving birth to a kid, please be aware. If you don't like your doctor, pick a different one. You need to and deserve to feel very safe and that you can trust your doctor to respect your wishes. Um, but I think one of the coolest things is that you have the ability to really create your own birthing experience. Even if you're at a hospital, even if you can't go to a birthing center or do a home birth or, you know, blast your kid out in a pool in the backyard, whatever it is that you were hoping to do, you have the ability to really create the type of space you want. We, I gave birth in a hospital because I was 35 when I gave birth and they make a big deal out of that. So I gave birth in a hospital but I brought labeled in it as a geriatric pregnancy. Geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> yes. Yep. Cause I'm old. My bones are turning to dust. Um, I brought in these two speakers I have that I can actually give you the link. Cause like they were so good. People were commenting what? on them. Um, it's just these two speakers that look like lanterns and they have different lights okay. you can turn on and they can be like kind of a softer glow. So I took these two synced up Bluetooth speakers, put them on either side of the room with this glowing, like purpley light. I brought my iPad and it was listening to um, this like very peaceful. It was the channel was called Buddha's Lounge. It's very okay. peaceful, like flute music. There was some rain occasionally in there. I had essential oils. I had them keep the lights off for almost the entire time. They kept just the window open for me because, you know, I wasn't worried about anyone seeing anything where we were. And honestly, at that point, I did not care. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, do <laughs> uh, you know how many people have walked in and out of the room while I'm just full fucking spread yep. eagle here? Stirrups, yeah. Yep. Don't care. Um, so that was probably one of the things that I think more people deserve to know is you have way more control over what your experience is like than you think. Go all out. People, all of the nursing staff that came in and out of my room in the two days that I was like in labor, basically, 
were like, oh my God, it's so peaceful in here. I want to stay here for the rest of my shift. And I'd be like, oh, cool. That's how I feel. <laughs> right. Because uh, as, especially if you are the person pushing this giant thing out, you decide, I think you deserve to be able to like relax the way you want to. Yeah, to not before. have like all of the lights on and the yeah. noise and everything. And mindful practice, meditation specifically, was such like please everyone please start meditating <laughs> just just try it give it a shot do an app it doesn't matter get into it meditation made that experience such a trip i have never experienced such immense pain and i have never been able to watch myself experience such immense pain in such a fascinating way it was it was almost difficult for the nursing staff at various points to know what to do for me because I was unmedicated for the first like 24 hours or so, sure, sure. even though I had to go through all these little procedures that were very fucking painful. I was just focused on my breath through all of them. So they would think that like something was wrong because I wasn't reacting in the way they were used to. And I'd be like, Oh no, I'm just, I'm in here, man. I'm, I'm having a time. And one of the nurses kept coming back and asking me about the intensity of my contractions and how I was feeling. And I was like, I'm very sorry. I don't have any data for you there. I've had no awareness of what, like which contractions are worse, how long they're going for any of that, because I haven't really needed to track it. I'm in here. I'm hooked up. Y'all are watching. So I did not feel, I didn't feel like my experience was just like agony over and over and over again, even though it was agonizing pain. Mm -hmm. So it's super cool to have experienced such a wild fucking thing and to have been able to stay present through like I meditated for like 36 hours it was so fucking cool so if you haven't gotten into meditation and you plan on blasting a baby out of your body I highly recommend it because there's a new dimension to the experience or a, an additional dimension to the experience that you might enjoy having instead of just being a person who's having your body kind of ripped apart a little bit <laughs> sorry would would saying uh, that it was a case of mind over matter being oversimplification yes but i'm cool with it because sure. it is a kind of a simple thing it was like body getting signal of intense pain awareness is here instead right. like i see you signal of intense pain but i'm here really enjoying this breath right now and for me i also had the focus point of my brow so anytime i felt my brow furrow i knew i was tensing up as a result of the pain and i would just take a breath focus on that and smooth out my brow and it was magical really fucking cool right and i ask just because if there's somebody who's not who's newer to the concept just an idea that they could latch on to that would make more sense yeah um, yeah yeah it's if all about anybody, where your focus is that makes sense um if anybody wanted to learn more about meditation where could they find you uh twitch and not just meditation she snaps snap. yeah all there's a whole stuff. lot more uh twitch.tv slash she snaps is where i do my live streams I've been putting out a lot more content now on TikTok. I got over a little bit of a begrudging attitude I had towards TikTok just like yesterday. <laughs> so um, TikTok is existing with Jessica, my new YouTube channel, where I'm trying to dive more into these mindful concepts in a way that I think is something people can use. It's actionable. Yeah. That's like my biggest focus right now is I love the live streams because people come in 
They ask whatever questions they want to ask. I'm able to in, in, interact with them in real time, sometimes for fucking an entire day. You know, we're having back and forth conversations about the same thing in the chat. Um, but I, like I was saying earlier, I'm very acutely aware of the fact that I could die at any moment that any of us could. Mm -hmm. And I am very committed to creating as much content that I believe has value as possible before that, whenever it happens, happens. Um, so existing with Jessica for YouTube and for TikTok, I think is where you're going to find a lot of that content that sticks stuff that you can go and listen. And there's going to be some kind of a challenge or ideally some new perspective for you to take and work with in your own life. Um, and then my Twitter is, is the same as my other Instagram and that's mind of snaps. And that's <laughs> that Twitter is anybody's guess. Like it's Twitter, yeah. you know, like sometimes it's shit posting and sometimes it's mindfulness stuff. Sometimes it's activism. Sometimes I just want to talk about how high I am and how much I love tortilla chips. It just depends yeah. on the day. Love tortilla chips. Um, you also have a fan house if you'd like to. Oh yeah, I do have that. Look at yeah. that. And Patreon. Oh yeah, the Patreon is a dope spot. If people are just looking to find me, those other places are the things that come yeah. up to mind. But if you are already aware of like what I'm all about, fan house is a cool spot. There's more mindfulness stuff there. There's more family. There's more cooking and random shit. And then there's also like the spicier sets if you want to do that. If you're curious about the body under these clothes, it's no nudity. I don't do any of that. No shame, but um, it's all safe for work and that's a cool place. And then the Patreon, that is a special, special place. You know what that's all about. Yes. That's cool. Um, we do mindfulness video chats with a small group every two weeks through the Patreon and it's open to everyone. It's five bucks a month to join both of those. And we basically just check in with each other it's, I, I talked to my therapist about this and she said that uh, she felt it was very safe to be able to refer to it as a support group. And that's what it really feels like is a support group. We're just there to listen, hear each other out, offer any kind of feedback if it is wanted that we have any perspective we have. And then depending on how long we take in the first part of the call with kind of just what's everyone feeling? How are you doing? Is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you're proud of yourself for? Then we go into shades and that's actually, I'm glad you brought me a Patreon because we can tell them about Shades if I didn't the oh, first time I was here. Um, so Shades is our self-care acronym. It stands for sleep, hydration, air, which is not just like breathing. You're great at that. Keep going. But going outside, diet, exercise, and stillness. And stillness is things like meditation, journaling, practicing gratitude, affirmations, even therapy. Um, so we do our best to kind of maintain a schedule where we are prioritizing our needs in each of those areas at like around an 80, 20 ratio, 80% choices in favor of mental and physical well-being, 20% choices in favor of whatever it is that we want to do at the time, yep. whatever yep. kind of fucking around we have that's on our mind. And in those Patreon calls, depending on how time goes, um, we'll kind of offer up space in each of those areas and say, okay, how's everyone doing with sleep? anything anyone's struggling with, anything that you have recently accomplished that you're proud of that you want to share. And we just do the same thing through all of the letters to try to make sure that we are all keeping ourselves mindfully, lovingly, compassionately accountable for the work that we can be doing that is free, that is none dollars that could really change your life and at the very least help you to feel a little bit more grounded in yours. 
Um, the worst thing that could happen if anybody listening were to check out any of your links would be that you'd find a group of pretty weird people. Like <laughs> yeah. that's 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 the worst thing that will happen. Um, at the very <laughs> least, you'll find resources or people to point you in the right directions if you don't want to pay or interact with anything. Um, and I think it's fair at this point to say a lot of this has become more than you and just starting with like streaming video games. Like there's like a yeah active community uh, yeah you know pretty sizable people who really community. care about each other yeah and it's it's been it's been nice um nice is a very is a is a is a almost diminishing word it's been <laughs> it's been really it's been really good for me too um but yeah that's that's where you can find snaps thank mm-hmm. you very much for joining me mm-hmm. um i love hanging out yeah. with you you're a cool person and i like your glasses thanks yeah, I got these. So um, I'm. Uh, I got these. This was when I didn't realize that. I was too and that was it for part two and my conversation with Snaps. Thank you very much for listening. I really had a great time sitting down and getting the chance to talk to her like this because it's such an interesting conversation to be had now. With you know, if we're looking at a generation. Um, not a generational issue, but if we're looking at millennials and up, there is a, I think, a better understanding of generational trauma and kind of what we carry forward into parenting from our childhood. And so how do you navigate that in a mindful manner um, to ensure that you're setting up your children for the best possible tools? Um, And that's not to say that previous generations have been bad parents. It's just They've been differences as time's gone gone on, and each generation I would like to believe has not tried to do their best. But if you don't focus on solving your own problems, you often tend to carry them forward with your children, whether you mean to or not. But yeah, that was the episode. Um, all of Snaps' links are going to be in the description, including the two websites that she mentioned, Solid Starts um, and... Uh, tiny hood uh, where you know those those are the resources that really helped her and hopefully if there are any new parents or soon-to-be parents listening to this that helps you out uh, the only other announcement I wanted to make was that officially July 6th um, my fan house is going to launch so keep keep an eye out for information on that right now it's mostly going to be some real life things maybe but mostly like behind the scenes stuff of conversations and interviews that I do with some of my friends and other people and other guests that I might have on the show. So thank you very much for listening. Remember to wear masks, stay safe, wash your hands, and I'll catch you all next time. Take care.